During times of universal deceit, telling the truth becomes a revolutionary act. George Orwell. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Secrets of Saturn. On this episode, we have Tim Rothschild. Tim is an explorer of consciousness, dedicating his life to healing work and finding innovative ways to expand the collective human experience. As a non-dual Kabbalistic healer, Reiki practitioner, numerologist, tower reader, and entertainer, Tim has ventured through the paranormal, conspiratorial, and mystical realms. He uses his experiences playing psychedelic detective in order to help cleanse the doors of perception, allowing the individual to be in relationship with reality just as it is, enabling them to feel alive again. He is in his third year of training at Society of Souls and is a practitioner of the Magi process. He is also co-host of the Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole podcast out of Stand Up New York Comedy Club and host of The Cosmic Perspective, airing October 17th on talknetwork.com as well as various other programs. His website is thethirdthing.net or thethirdthingnetwork.com. Welcome to the show, Tim. Oh, thank you for having me, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great having you here, man. Let's, uh, let's start with your background. Who are you? Uh, well, my name is Tim Rothschild. Um, let's see, who am I? I guess you could explain who I am from the body of my work. Um, I'm a co-host of a podcast called Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. That's out of Stand Up New York Comedy Club. And uh, that came to fruition about two years ago when a buddy of mine, David Weiss, who is a pretty hardcore truth seeker himself, um, and I were working for a solar energy company and we just started exploring conspiracy. This is probably about five years ago now. And, um, you know, we started digging in pretty heavily and, you know, as you know, things get a little weird at that time. And, uh, from there, I guess something opened up for me and I had started to have some paranormal mystical experiences that kind of took me over in that direction a little bit more while still always exploring conspiracy. And since then, you know, I've been just trying to find creative ways to share my explorations with people, wake people up, reduce the suffering in the world, all that good stuff. Well, I've definitely had my own share of, uh, spiritual experiences, do you want to talk about any of those? Sure, I definitely could. Um, the The most extraordinary one that I had, the one that really sort of gave me the strength to move on into this new way of being in reality, uh, was a visitation from my brother who actually passed away when I was 21 years old. Um, I was in college and when he was killed in a car accident. And I'm 30 years old now, so it's probably like maybe five years after he died, five years ago now. Uh, from where I am, where he started to come back in my dream states. And um, when you have those kinds of dreams, the dreams that, that aren't quite dreams, they seem to be, they seem to have a different quality to them, you know, yes. a different kind of, like a different kind of uh, haunting energy that follows you around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I had a similar experience to what you're describing, actually, but go ahead. So I'd love to hear yours afterwards. So, um, you know, I guess what happened was there was like there seems to be what I what I've seemed to found out find out since then is there seem to be specific openings and or a readiness. You know, there's some sort of confluence of different energies that show up at specific times where energies from other dimensions are able to permeate into the physical dimension. And this was my first encounter with it. And uh, my brother, who was like my other half, um, started to open me up in the dream states and after i guess it was it, i've always had dreams with him but then these ones were different where um i would become lucid during the dream and look at him in the eye and i'd say hey you know you're not supposed to be here you're dead and then he would smile 
and lock eyes with me in this, this really intense stare. <laughs> and while he was locking eyes with me, I'd float back into my body, wake up and be like, uh, what was that? You know? And the fourth dream with him over a span of about two weeks, the fourth dream with him, when I started to float back into my body, he locked eyes with me and brought me back in. And at that time, I'd become so completely lucid and conscious during the dream that I was actually grabbing onto my bed while I was sleeping. I made sure that I could move my hand and grab the covers. And at the same time, my consciousness was in this whole other hyper-realistic reality with my brother who had died five years earlier. So I'm sitting there going, whoa, you know, what is happening here? And when he brought me back in, he, now we weren't speaking uh, with, with our lips. He was uh, speaking to me telepathically, and he told me, you can do this whenever you want. And I remember I, I was so filled with joy at that moment, so excited at this possibility that in this other reality, I jumped on him. And I, and I had this experience of this gigantic download of energy vibrating through my whole body. I'll never forget it because there's nothing like it. Like It, it was like a thousand pills of ecstasy rushing through my veins or like I imagine it'd be like what people call uh you know a uh, 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 like an experience with god you know it was like mm -hmm. it was like this gigantic download my whole body was vibrating i woke up crying and but 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 the but the damage was done man you know i had that telepathic imprint that said you can do this whenever you want and since then you know the rest is history man i've been i've been dancing in those other realms ever since that's fantastic I don't think mine was quite as intense as yours, but it was definitely uh, real. My, mm -hmm. Mine was um, – my grandfather, after he passed away a few years before I had the dream, he came to me three times. The first one was him telling me about money being in their closet, you know, where my grandparents lived. Interesting. And he's pointing at the closet going, Jason, the money's in there. So I told my mother. She went up and found $60,000. Whoa. About two weeks later, he came back to me. He said, Jason, she didn't get it all. <laughs> she went back in, rooted around, found another $30,000 in another box. So um, my mother couldn't believe I knew like this was happening. Uh, yeah. the, the third one was a couple months later, and he was telling me, you need things to change. Uh, you, need, you need to do something to change your life and get things going mm. in a better way than they are right now. And within a few months later is when I picked up and moved from Pennsylvania to Louisiana. So... Wow. It was all profound stuff, but just nowhere near to the degree that yours was. Well, it's interesting because your experience actually is a much, much more able to be grounded in the, this dimension where like you can, you can share that with people and they can understand, um, rationally that something happened there. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting that, you know, your grandfather comes back to offer you that. And now at the same time drops you deeper into your life purpose with a visit from the other side also, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. Very cool. And my grandfather wasn't the most religious or spiritual person in life, but mm -hmm. obviously he knew that I have an older brother, and he came to me probably with the, the knowledge that I would be incredibly accepting of it because I'd already had a lot of spiritual and other interesting experiences. My entire life has been just what people would consider odd or supernatural or whatever. I, I've known since I was a child that I'm supposed to do supposed to have a higher purpose kind of thing, you know, I'm supposed to help people, I'm supposed to spread information, wake people up, all that. I've known that for pretty much forever. Yeah. So I guess he knew I would be receptive to that. Yeah, for sure. That's what I mean about those openings. You know, my, my teachers these days, 
um, we deal, I do a lot of healing work. Um, and I got into healing work through the vehicle of conspiracy. And the reason why um, I do the healing work is because I do that to make sure that I am able to see reality clearly. That's as simple as that. I had to work through my own bullshit. I had to do all of my, um, you know, work through all the things that society told me to be something that I wasn't when I was younger and all like the family patterns. And I had to break all of that. And I'm still in the process of. Right. Um, and in doing so, I, I've learned from my teachers. A lot of them are Kabbalistic mystics and yogis, you know, real scientists of consciousness, you know, real people that are able to uh, work with the temple that is your body and get it deprogrammed and then reprogram it and wake it up to, to, you know, its true potential. And, um, you know, what they say is, I mean, there, there are real openings available that are, you know, they, these, these messengers come from the other side and they're just sitting there and they're waiting and they're waiting for us to be in some sort of state that allows us to receive that message. No, I totally agree with that because as, especially as I've learned more, probably about 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. No, it was before nine 11 actually. So what is that now? Almost 15 years ago is when I started uh, getting into learning about symbolism, what was really going on. You know, if you want to call it conspiracy, to me, it's more like reality. You're finding out what what is really going on. What do all these things mean? Um, if I want to condense it down quick, I say the Jordan Maxwell kind of material, the stuff that he always talks about in, in his old lectures and that. Mm -hmm. And I realized very quickly that, hey, this is what reality is. All these symbols and all these things that are going on. This is reality, not the the crap that they're feeding you through mainstream media and all that. So very, very quickly in my mind solidified like, okay, everything in reality is pretty much crap. Mm -hmm. And just I just took it from there. And then as I've learned more and more and more, the spiritual aspect really started to click into place too about how everything intertwines. And now I know and I've known for years that this is way more of a spiritual battle than a physical battle because yeah. – Whatever you want to call them, the elite, the New World Order people, you know, the banksters, all these people, they definitely have their own thing going on. They have their own agenda, and it's very dark, and that is what people like you and me are really battling against. Yeah, I hear you. You know, um, I love that you said that it's more of a spiritual battle because spirituality to me, um, especially, you know, the lens that I'm working through these days is mysticism, uh, really allows you to get to the core of these issues, um, it allows you to go so deep that you don't get bogged up in, you know, say a lot of the issues that they have in Occupy Wall Street, where you're going up against the uh, the, the the system. You know, up. You know, it's like you've got the rebels that get more and more angry and upset with the system, and then the system has to militarize itself and dump more energy in to become bigger and better and stronger to deal with the growing rebellion. Mm -hmm. And it's like th these two sides feed each other. You know. And being able to see this from a spiritual lens or a mystical lens enables you to really work in the factory where consciousness is created, really get down there that deep and start to, you know, um, you know, see these two things as two sides of a third thing, you know, and that third thing is like where spirituality brings you. It's like that place where you're in the right place at the right time to bring the right amount of compassion in to inflict the correct amount of change. You know what I'm saying? Totally. What do yeah. you feel uh, from your studies and, and your experiences what do you think the bad guys, what do you think they're really on about? Because from what I've seen, I, I've looked into a lot of what they seem to be, and I've heard Saturnalian death cults and Luciferianism and Mystery Babylon, mm -hmm. and they seem to really be into some very dark juju. You know, yeah. the things they do at Bohemian Grove, uh, you know, all of that, it just and, – and that's gotten on camera now. That's real. People – this isn't just some guys talking about it on the internet. I mean – I think Alex Jones did us a huge favor when he uh, he got that on tape. He's like, no, this is real. Here, look. 
Yeah. I think, you know, Alex Jones doing that was so big because it really let the general public or, you know, the people with the eyes to see at least um, know that uh, people in public positions and high levels of power in the world are practicing ritualistic and magic type ceremonies to bring in a specific kind of energy in alignment to whatever purpose or agenda that they have. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, you Absolutely. Know, so, so ritual and magic and all of these things are inherent in the physical dimension. The space-time dimension that we were in is, the, is, as I've been taught, is the realm of magic because this is the place that you're in the farthest possible position away from unity consciousness. As such, this dimension um, is able to pull in these higher spiritual energies through different kinds of vehicles. You know, the human body itself is a vehicle, but then you can also use things like totems or things like a giant burning owl of Moldock which is, you know, uh, a certain energy packet, this information packet that when more humans are gathered around it, there's like this synergistic effect that allows more of that specific spiritual energy to come into this physical dimension. So, yeah. you know, when you, t- when you talk about these cults or the they and the bad guys, it's impossible to nail down exactly who they are and what they're doing because the only constant in this realm is change. So what then? What I look for then, which is why I love love that you're into symbolism. Uh, what what I look for then are qualities. You know, um, I'm a big I'm big into numerology because uh, it, it changes your relationship to reality when you start to look at numbers as symbols rather than as quantities. You know, because when you're dealing with quantities, that deals in the space time dimension. But when you're dealing with qualities, those qualities exist that exist in every realm that you're in. And now you're talking about the spiritual levels, you know, multidimensional type stuff, real powerful stuff. And so what I look for through symbolism and other things um, and, and these evildoers, you know, whatever they may be, uh, are the quality of whatever that expression is. So when I see evil, I see that as a metaphor for like separation from unity consciousness. So like an expression of some sort of egoic power driven agenda in order to control something, right? Sure. Rather than surrendering to the greater will, which is the natural flow and harmony of the universe. So then the they, um, all I have to do is take a look at what qualities are being expressed and I know who they are. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't, oh, yeah. need, to, I don't need to nail down exactly what they are. I can feel it. Now, the, the elite definitely seem to be into numerology themselves, you know, certain dates and times and all that sort of thing. They seem to really focus on Absolutely. their events. And then a lot of people who really dissect a lot of the uh, things that go on in the public eye, especially their false flag stuff, and I know you're, you guys are really big on that, it, it, it always seems to line up, like, like certain days, certain times, certain locations, all that. Mm-hmm. You know, my big question about that is, you know, and I go back and forth with my buddy Dave, who I know you've had on the show before. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, David. That a lot. Yeah, so David and I, David, David's a real, David's really into the they are doing this. Here's what you want to look at and what to look for in terms of false flags and the conspiracies on the way. Once you take a look at it, then you can disconnect from that darkness, that fear, and that evil, and you can take control of your life again. And I've Absolutely no problem with that paradigm, but at the same time, um, in, in my healing work and in understanding the nature of reality and kind of just where we find ourselves as a human species in relationship to the rest of the universe, I do find that at the same time, um, the water swims the fish as much as the fish is swimming in the water. So what I mean by that is many times um, somebody who thinks that it's they controlling everything all the time may be missing the fact that 
we may be unconsciously driving this ship also. And then you start to just bump into numbers like 9-11 when you're vibrating at that specific energy or when reality is offering you a message that you may not have seen before. So it becomes a little bit more psychedelic when you start to think about the water swimming the fish rather than they controlling the whole thing. And I'm not saying that they don't have some control, but there's an even bigger picture here. No, I actually agree with you. And I think I think the real issue is they, the bad guys, are trying to steer the ship more than everyone else. They they have a more focused agenda. Therefore, they're trying to grab the wheel and steer things in a, in a certain direction to what their purposes are. Whereas, And they are, of course, a very small minority of the actual population of the planet. The problem is the rest of the population of the planet is completely divided, completely mm-hmm. unfocused, and they're not working together. Yeah. I mean, they've got an amazing game plan, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the they, that small amount of people, it's amazing that they have stayed in the amount of power that they have for so long. Um, but once you wake up and you start to see the way the programs are run and the way that we're divided and conquered, the whole, you know, problem, action, solution, problem, reaction, solution, and then, you know, all of these uh, different steps that they take in order to dumb us down, kill our creativity, and not let us know that the greatest conspiracy of all is actually the full extent of human potential. As long as we aren't awake to that, well, they have full control all day long. Sure, yeah. Uh, but that's but that's changing. You know, I think that shows like this are really what's going to be changing the game. Well, that's the whole point behind it. People like you and me, and there, and thankfully there are a lot of us more and more coming out. We do need to get this information out there, and I don't think we'll wake everybody up. I, I still think the vast majority of people are just too into themselves and are just buying the bullshit, you know, to put it simply. Yeah. But the more of us that wake up, we still could quickly outnumber them if we wanted to, and we wanted to become focused on what we want, which is, of course, a positive reality as opposed to a negative one. And the real thing with what the bad guys are, they have a, a very specific agenda that they pretty much brag about because they think we're too dumb to understand it or, or do anything about it. And that's eugenics for the rest of us and for them transhumanism. And, mm. and they have this insane notion that technology is going to get to the point that they can merge with machines and become gods in their own minds. Now, I don't know how close to reality that is for them, but the eugenics part is definitely pretty obvious with how hard they're hitting us with in the food, the water, the air, media. They're just hitting us over and over and over again and just keeping people weak. I agree. Um, there are, are definitely a lot of plans in place, you know, from every, literally any angle you can think of. You know, they obviously have a control of and some sort of program in place to poison and then offer a specific amount of treatment in order to then continue extracting energy without actually providing a cure. You know, mm-hmm. that's um, that's another one of those programs, you know. And that's why that's why I love studying mysticism, because mysticism allows you to cut through the infinite complexity that you see out here. You know, when you first wake up and you start to see, oh, my God, things are not as they seem. There's all these things in place. I am not in control. And these people are trying to take control of me and they have and all that kind of shit. Um, Mysticism allows you to cut through the fat and see that there are actually very simple programs that are running. And those simple programs produce an infinite complexity. So, for example, There's a uh, program that reality runs in that is called the strange attractor. And the strange attractor theory is also, it's also in chaos theory. And what that says is 
that um, uh, the universe, the only constant in the universe is actually a non-constant. And that means that that non-constant operates at the rate of about a heartbeat. So everything that's born or moves into this world or, you know, say like every different, every oak tree in a forest is still an oak tree, but it's a little bit different. All of these different designs are about a heartbeat off from each other. And even galaxies spiral around at the same rate. And they all spiral around the head of like a single pin and that like a, like a space, the amount of size of a pinhead. And somehow the entire universe expresses this infinite, infinite complexity through these simple laws. My point is I'm taking the long way around. My (laughs) point is, um, you can cut through the fat and see these agendas at play very easily as long as you don't get swept up in the surface level of it all. Again, another reason why I love the spiritual aspect of your approach. I actually totally understand everything you're saying and, and pretty much the way I see it too. So, mm-hmm. Cool, cool. So you said about um, the transhumanism stuff. That, that, uh, that's, that's some pretty trippy stuff to look into right there because I'm not even sure if what, they, what their goal is is, um, is possible, you know? I really don't see how it could be, but then again, if they're making breakthroughs in a way that we aren't privy to, who knows? I mean, their very public figure of this is uh, Ray Kurzweil, mm-hmm. and he's on about how he wants to bring his father back from the dead, and he wants to be able to, at some point, after he has extended his life for God knows how long, upload into a machine his consciousness. And it's just like, is that really possible? I mean, pretty much what you're saying is your soul is nothing but ones and zeros at that point. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't see that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, and and I, I would have to disagree, also, you know. But but what's so interesting to me is that there's a Buddhist thought that says that um, you know everything in the physical dimension here is a vessel for consciousness or a soul of one sort or another. Everything from a rock to all the way up to like a human design, which is supposed to be like the holographic projection of the universe. We're supposed to have like this very special design, and we like we've kind of earned it over all these lifetimes. And, and um, the point is that they believe that there's a chance that if another vessel or another sort of avatar born through technology takes over, um, souls may actually begin to incarnate into it. Isn't that pretty wild? That is. <laughs> so do you think they have a more twisted version of that where they want to create things where they can incarnate what they choose? They want to That's- pull things from beyond you know. So that's yeah. That's where my mind is going because I'm like, okay, if they're doing black magic ritualistic ceremonies, so then they understand the qualities that exist through all the dimensions, and they're channeling it, channeling it in. Some at least somebody understands. Maybe not all of them do, you know, but somebody does. And then that somebody can use a Ray Kurzweil as a figurehead. You know, he's the director for Google right now. You know, and and you know Google is the company they've got they've got it all you know they're creating the mind of god by collecting all of our information um you know they've got what it needs they can use a kurzweil as a figurehead um and then do the old bait and switch on him you know but again i don't know who that that one guy is you know there may not be one it may just be a conglomerate that's kind of the way i picture it i have trouble with the whole like illuminati conspiracy that there's one guy sitting on a throne giving directions i don't think that's it it seems more likely that it's as you go up the pyramid, it's smaller conglomerates and one person directing everything. I would think they'd always be vying for that throne. I just don't. Sure. I just don't uh, no, think that. Completely. It seems more like it's a group of like-minded individuals who have the same dark purpose. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. The planet is big enough that they probably do have to have groups that are spread out over the planet and then just agree on 
uh, what's going to be going on next. You know, it's like, okay, well, this is this is the next part of the agenda. You know, yeah. and then they communicate with each other. And then you see more real-world versions of that when they go to Bohemian Grove or they go to Bilderberg, for instance. You know, that's their more materialistic financial side of it. You know, here's how we're going to direct things in the next year. Here's how we're going to screw the people this time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, again, like I was saying before when you, we mentioned these the initial families or whatever controlling the world. That You know, what I look for is the expression of these qualities, you know. So then when you kind of – take a step back far out enough where like you're looking at the human design in relationship to the rest of the web of creation. Like all of this stuff is 100% connected. So then what you're going to have is these energy systems vying for power. You know, if we're living in an egoic world right now where fear and control, because we don't feel like we're in control is necessary and everyone's looking externally for support, you know, naturally you're going to have Um, these vehicles for those negative energy systems to come into the collective human design on earth right now. And that is what I would call the Illuminati, you know, but the most empowering thought then is, you know, the, the way to battle that or to, you know, I don't even, I wouldn't even say battle it. I I think the way to work through that um, is to turn the whole game inside out and follow your joy, become alive and do what you love. And then, the, these sort of systemic controls and the energy systems that feed off of you sort of shed off of you like snakeskin because you're creating a new reality that makes the old one obsolete. You know, we're not even playing in their game anymore. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a hippie hippie thought, but it, I, it keeps coming back to me. It's like you know we could fight these guys all day, and that's okay. You can fight them if you want to, as long as that's in alignment with your life's purpose. But if you really drop down and you know what you're here to do, and it's to teach yoga to little kids, you know that may be the way to fight the Illuminati. And I can't stop coming back to that idea that it's like this whole new reality born through our life's purpose, rather than fighting the existing paradigm. Well, I think we're supposed to fight the existing paradigm the negative aspects of it, but mm-hmm. not one person alone. This isn't an action superhero movie where one person's saving the day. Mm-hmm. We are all doing our part, and then con- that conglomerate makes the whole to, to get the job done. Mm-hmm. That That's the way it makes sense to me. I mean, it's just no one human being is ever going to be Superman and be able to fix the whole thing in one shot. Yeah, I hear it, it just doesn't make sense, you know? That's not what we are. We Because we still have our own individual paths, and, and I personally look at... The multiverse as we keep coming here to advance ourselves spiritually till you no longer need to, or if you have a very serious purpose. And that's when people who are kind of incarnating already very enlightened, we've probably already done that multiple times and we're here for very specific reasons now because we have to pass on certain knowledge and, and get things pushed in a certain direction. I agree. You know, I, I believe that we're in a time where the visionaries are, are taking their, their place at the throne, you know, and there's a lot of us that are coming in right now. And it feels like we're just kind of running around, waking each other up and strengthening each other and building these foundations in order to support each other for the coming um, cracking of the foundations around the world. You know, it's like in so many ways in in my personal life, I'm finding healers coming out of the woodwork from all over the place. And when I mean healer is just, you know, anybody that is on the side of life, on the side of goodness, that's that's, you know, doing their part to become a catalyst for positive transformation. And um, it's things really seem to be speeding up in that direction. Now, I definitely see that happening a lot, too. If you really do just surrender yourself to the idea of serving the light, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't like labeling things because there's just 
people like to put things in little boxes and say this yeah. is this is it. Well, that's to me is religious and almost getting into cult-like behavior. If you're doing what's right and it feels good and you know it's good, that's fine with me. That's all. That's as far as I'll take it. I mean, I yeah. usually just use very vague terms like the universe. I mean, if you want to call it God, call it God. Sure, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, God would be the highest expression of vibration, which would be true, unconditional love. It'd be mm-hmm. the highest point. That's what you're trying to attain. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. what else would there be beyond that? Yeah, and then I agree with that. You know, and then as we scale it back, you know, we always we're always going to do this dance between. Uh, the limiting factors of even something as small as language, using a word, you know, these things are like mini prisons, you know, so I, I really hear what you're saying in terms of, you know, using words like universe and unconditional love, um, because that gives you the, mo- the most amount of freedom to swim in. Um, now, the issue is the challenge for me, at least, was to do the balance between, you know, what unconditional love looks like, bringing that out into the world. And uh, the mystics that I train with, we call it love with bones. It's sort of the metaphor of not being a pushover and really understanding what what it is to be a servant to life or reality or the universe, because sometimes it means not giving somebody what they want and knowing what's right in your heart, you know? Yes. Yeah. Now, I do think fighting the bad guys is necessary in the sense that They've got their fingers on the buttons. They could do things, at least I'm assuming they could, in a very radical way to destroy life. Mm -hmm. And I think we did see that in things like 9-11, you know, Mm -hmm. where several thousand people died in one shot. And then we've seen it certainly through the 20th and now into the 21st centuries where they're having these perpetual wars where we know people are just getting slaughtered on a daily basis. Yeah. And... If people like you and I were making those decisions on how to, you know, move the pieces around the chessboard, we wouldn't be doing things like that. So it's obvious that bad people are doing bad things who have control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's what we have to stop. We have to wake enough people up that they just stop joining the military to go over to Afghanistan to kill brown people for oil. Yeah, you know, and there's um, there's 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 this also this other thing going on where uh, people, good people are caught in a system that feeds off of them and propagates this imperialistic war machine, the corporatocracy that's taking over, you know, all of that stuff. There's like this invisible, obvious, this invisible monster that we're feeding into that people aren't awake to yet completely. Um, that, that it's like, it's like, it's like what people would call a demon, you know, like that's like the devil. That's like Satan incarnate here. It's like this invisible thing that um, you can see, through the movement of these machines. Does that make sense? It's like, Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I see, you know, the spiritual war being, it's like, you know, people are like, Oh yeah, where's the demon with the horns and whatever. It's like, I'm like, I'm like, you're labeling again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's this expectation. It's like, well, this is what I think it should be. Okay. We'll make, what makes you right. Yeah. You know, one of the coolest things that I've been working with the last couple of years is learning how to trust my body, learning how to trust how it feels. Um, because like I was saying before, uh, the human design is extraordinary. And, you know, the process of getting out of my head and starting to just feel my way through reality has really helped me trust in surrendering to the, the movement and allowing it to like me to keep showing up and say yes to the present moment and guide me in the direction of what it's going to take in order to bring more good into the world. And I think that that's, 
you know, what a lot of people are overriding when they're caught in these systems. You know, people are saying, looking around and they're comparing themselves to other things and they're starting to realize that, oh, I just have to survive and go along with this. And there's, there's something in there that that's where I want to, you know, there's something that we can do as healers and entertainers and people that are talking shows like this to inspire people to see that um, there's, there's just so much more available. You know, you do this sort of thing as well. Do you feel that putting interviews out and discussing things with like-minded people who have a positive message, do you feel we're having an effect? Because I put a lot of effort into making shows that sound good and have great information, and I push it as hard as I can. Do you feel that it's having an effect? You know, I do. Um, I do because I, I get responses from people and I get a lot of feedback. And um, I'm really open on the shows that I do about giving out my information to work with people. And I'm building networks and educating and training. I do all of that stuff. So I know I'm making a difference there. And at the same time, though, even if I wasn't, there's a, there's a mystical teaching that says that even if the person that you are speaking truth to cannot take in at the time the message that you're speaking, that truth is reflected back onto you and you get to hear it again and it gets to integrate into your body and your cells rearrange on a quantum level to support this new stronger you that's continually moving in alignment with that direction. So regardless, just if it feels good, just do it. It because does. We are, yeah, yeah. It does to me. And it just it concerns me that I look at some of the comments that people put on uh, the YouTube channel. Sometimes I'm just like, you're not get, you're not getting the message right. Like, what are you talking about? Or some people are just blatantly rude, and they're missing the whole point. I may not agree with a guest 100, percent but the overall if I've brought them on, it's because their overall message is a positive one. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you should be taking away from it. Honestly, it's like, okay, well, what was the general message here? What what are they trying to convey? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I just I, – I think that well, – it could also be trolls too. I mean that seems to be happening more and more because we are having an effect I think. Yeah. yeah you know, it, it could be trolls. You know, and at the same time, it's also the nature of the internet. You know, the, it's, it's a whole other dimension where people just don't realize how much harm they can do when all form has vibration, which includes the letters that you're typing. You know, so if you're going to be projecting your consciousness into this whole new dimension represented through the Internet and that that new interface, you know, there's there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of negativity in there because quality control hasn't moved in yet like this. Uh, there's there's something about it that that uh, it's it's not as human. Does that make sense? You know, oh, there's yeah. The, yeah, there's something about it where it's just like, you know, if you're going to go into that database and, and be working with that with your consciousness, you got to be aware that like it's not it's 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 it can be have some real dark negativity to it. And that, that's I mean, that, that stuff affects you for sure. Well, I think that's that's it. This is such a new medium that's being used. And a lot of it is just chaos. You know, it's, it's all these different minds colliding. Mm-hmm. And I just would like it if people would take a moment to consider what it is they're putting out there <laughs> yeah. because you don't know who might be reading that. Now, if it's just mm-hmm. someone being an ass, just saying something to be hurtful, like, I don't agree with you, you're you're, you're stupid, you're a conspiracy theorist, whatever, that's just saying something hurtful to be hurtful. But a lot of people will, like, cut down or tear into because they think they know better. Watch what you say because you don't know – that may, there may have been some really good information in there that somebody needed and you turned them off before they ever got to it. Mm-hmm. It, it just 
more food for thought than anything. I'm certainly not going to stop doing what I'm doing. I think I am getting some good info out there, and I'm going to continue doing so. And I think you are as well. Yeah, I'm not stopping. I, I'm enjoying this way too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's and it's interesting to know that you're reaching thousands of people with an hour or two hours of your time. You know, you put it out there, and then you check back a week later, and all of a sudden, a couple thousand people have watched the video. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Where are you uh, taking your show, though? Like, what what is it that you guys do, and where do you want to see it going? Are you talking about deep inside the rabbit hole? Right. Well, do you have another one besides that? Because that's the only one I'm familiar with. Yeah, uh, I have another show coming out. It's called The Cosmic Perspective. Um, that's going to be on a new network called TalkNetwork.com. It's, uh, you know, Mike Adams from Natural News? Yeah, I'd love to talk to him, actually. So, um, well, he gave me a call a few months ago and asked me if, uh, if I wanted to host a radio show for a new network that he was putting together. And I know some of the other guys on the network right now are um, – um, oh, it's just slipped my mind. Like Jim Mars, L.A. Marzulli. Uh, those kind, those kinds of guys. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So you know they're doing a new network. They're just they're running. I think it's going to be twenty four hours. And uh, my show on there is the Cosmic Perspective, and I, I really enjoy that one because it's sort of the expression of the last five or six years of my explorations. And you know, five or six years may not seem too much for other people, but I'm a pretty hardcore guy, and you know, it was a very mystical alignment that I fell into, where I was able to in the last you know, probably four and a half years spend all day, every day training with some of the most fascinating people that have taught me that nothing is that as it, as it seems. And the human design is capable of so much more. And, uh, you know, so I think, I think, uh, I think I'm in the right place. And I think that the show is going to give me, you know, an hour a week to really, you know, dig into the nature of reality and sort of show, sort of show all of the different interconnected relationships with you right in the middle of it. And the, the point is, let me show you a perspective of reality that allows you to become inspired and, and feel free enough and liberated enough to find your life purpose and follow your joy. Because I think on the most simplest level, that is how a lot of the darkness in this, in this world is going to be eradicated. You know, and some people, they may need to go in with these surgical strikes into the heart of evil and go to war. You know, like chapter two of the Bhagavad Gita, like, you know, talks about the spiritual aspect of going to war when you must. So some people are going to play that role. But for me, I think the most overall thing is follow your joy. And somehow this cascading avalanche tidal wave of high vibrations is going to wake people up enough, get them excited enough for them to be inspired enough to break free of this system, this expression of the devil that's feeding off of them and, and fueling the imperialistic war machines. So that's the cosmic perspective. <laughs> totally. Now, is this going to be a live network or is it going to be syndicated that you're going to tape ahead of time and send it out? So I tape ahead of time, but I think it's going to be like a 24-hour thing that they rotate through. Um, and then, you know, deep inside the rabbit hole, the reason why I love that show is because it covers this stuff through a comedic lens. You know, we've got David Weiss on the one side, who's like the most hardcore truther I know. Uh, myself, who, you know, I kind of play the role of the consciousness guy, psychedelic detective. And then my buddy, Mike, who I grew up with, who's a professional comedian and also very smart guy. You know, I think he's going to be like the next Jon Stewart, you know, in his own expression of that. And, uh, you know, we get together and we just battle it out for, for an hour a week. And um, it's growing. We're getting better. And it's sort of just like the place that we go into to iron ourselves out because it's really fast paced. And it's not like... 
it's not like a regular interview where you have time to really think about what you're going to say and put your thoughts together. You just got to go. You got to know your shit and go. So, so it's very spontaneous. Oh, yeah. Free. We just sit down and do it, you know, and that's it. It's very no, cool. No, that's fantastic, actually, because you're not contriving anything. It's just whatever's coming out is coming out, but you're bouncing off the vibe of all three people who seem to have different perspectives. The dynamic is – we did not intend it. The you know for it to be the way it is, but our dynamic is unreal. It's three completely different people going at it, <laughs> you know, in, in pursuit of truth. Well, I've listened to some of it. And it is definitely interesting. I, I like it. I like what you guys do. Um, I definitely enjoyed speaking with David, and he definitely knows his information. He's got his facts down, and I liked that he gave, he gave us uh, an interview that was just very right to the facts. Here's here's what we have uncovered bang you know and i liked that that was good it wasn't vague or anything he was like no this is what we've uncovered this is this is where you know this is where you can point it and go this is the bullshit mm -hmm. he's a talented guy now what is your overall goal what are you like working towards with all of this um let's see i'm in my third year of training with a non-dual mystical school that teaches me essentially how to integrate the tree of life you've heard of the tree of life yes um, so, you know, for the listeners out there, it's a two dimensional representation of all the energies that are available in the universe in this reality, actually in all realities. And it also the most important part is it shows the relationships between them all because theory of relativity type stuff, we're always in the center of the universe where, wherever we are and whatever is external to us is just external to us. It's not necessarily exactly what it is. And what's most important is about the third thing that's created when you're in relationship to the present moment. And, you know, they've been training me essentially just how to deprogram myself and wake myself up. So my goal is to be able to take this healing work, the diagnostic process that I learned through this school when I sit down with a client holographically can be applied to any other situation, big or small, you know, because another nature of reality is, is the holographic perspective, which means that everything actually is everything else. Somehow you can hold the universe in the palm of your hand. And then there's another way that says that everything operates under a fractal scale. So no matter how big or small you are, as above, so below, they operate under the same rules. So that means that as I learn how to resolve conflicts through compassion in action style revolution, I can apply that to things like the United Nations, world wars, large pol political games, or I can use that to build communities that are going to turn this fucking thing inside out and flip, them on the, uh, flip the whole thing on its ass anyway. So the whole goal is become a powerful magi and then bring it into the world in a way that nobody's seen before. I'm totally with you on that because my long-term goal would be to start one community and then have, have a model that really works and then spread it out and have it be highly technological, completely self-sustaining, and with a system of almost non-government that is completely non-dictatorial and non-hierarchical. Everyone mm -hmm. works in tandem with one another. And I was never quite certain how to do that until I met a, a man named Bob Podolsky, who has already come up with a system. And I interviewed him, and I met him when I was uh, traveling a few weeks ago. And he's got an entire system worked out in a book called Flourish. And I'm not going to go on about his system. I can send you information later if you want to see it. But he's got it all worked out how you can do it without having this dog-eat-dog -dog system mm. where, and where the people higher up than you are pretty much out to screw you and control you. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would imagine it's a very cooperative environment rather than competitive. Yes. Well, to give you the brief synopsis, he, he uh, did research with a, another gentleman and they came up with something called Octologues where eight people 
is the ideal number to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And generally, they they did all these different psychological tests and everything, and they came up with eight people, seven to nine, eight being ideal, uh, split between men and women. And they would not be allowed to make a decision unless it was all unanimous. So all, and everyone has to be open to criticism. You have to be able to, to be cri- critical thinkers. And you would have uh, octologues for each each thing that needed something decision-making. Uh-huh. And then g- groups of those would be called holomats. Mm-hmm. And basically you would have all, and then you'd have holomats that interacted and your entire system would be based on that. And it right. would still be corporatism in the sense that people would have to produce and uh, to buy and sell and all that. But it, it's not anything about control anymore. It's not about everyone's out to screw the other guy. Yeah, I mean, essentially what you're asking people to do there is embrace the spiritual path and the perspective that you live in an abundant universe and there's no need for competition. Rather, here's a more, um, uh, what would I want to say? Here's, here's a step-by-step rule that you can follow in order to uh, keep each other accountable and on the path. You know, it's like, it's like having a satsang, a spiritual community, you know, a group of people who are looking to, you know, uh, embrace higher consciousness and that path. It's like, you, it's, I'm, I'm totally open to people in my satsang to call me out when I'm becoming, you know, narcissistic or it's all about me or I start to think that my path is better than others because I'm trying to do good in the world. You know, these people need to be there to let you know what's going on and be critical and be constructive and at the same time uh, supportive. You know, I mean, that's I, I love it, man. And it's also in numerology. Turn the eight on its side. That's the number of uh, construction and regener and destruction and regeneration. It's the it's the symbol for infinity. Eight is the power number. Eight is the karmic number about bringing in the spiritual dimensions into the physical to build the kingdom of heaven. So it's no no doubt, no uh, surprise to me that that number is what it, the human design is naturally built for in order to be in a cooperative community. That's awesome that that all interrelates. Oh, the, I, I should definitely point out that the one thing he Bob stresses over and over and over again is that everything must be ethical. It's all based off of real ethics yeah. because normal government is not ethical in any way, shape, or form. Normal government exists to serve government and not us, the people. So yeah, that's the I mean, big that's, thing. That's, that's what I mean. That, that's the path. That's what I consider the path. You know, if, right. when, when, you, when you fall asleep and you find that you're not being ethical, somebody smacks you in the face and says, be ethical. And you're like, oh, thank you for smacking me in the face. That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now, what I think would be the most brilliant thing would be to start one, I don't want to say community. I, I picture it more of like a town or even a decent sized city where that sociological model was implemented, but technology was utilized to the max for complete, you know, all the recycling, all the renewable energies, everything that exists today that didn't really exist 20, 30 years ago, you probably couldn't have pulled it off. But I think you can in the 21st century. I think you could have everything built from the ground up completely helping. Everything's helping itself. It's not, it's nothing about, it's not destructive. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to serve anyone to get something. It's just everything is working in tandem with one another. Big thing is, I don't think any kind of authorities would really like that if you tried to do that. So where would you start this? I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's interesting, like the, the have you have you heard of seaports? You know, the possibility of moving this stuff onto the water? Yes. You know, that 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 starts to be a little interesting because politically they don't know what to do with that yet, you know? Well, um, here's the big thing, though, and this is something I personally couldn't accomplish right at the moment, but I would I would do this if I had the resources. I would pay for this 
place to exist completely and utterly by myself just to show it could be done. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you start getting other people involved, they're going to want to start taking control, usually, Mm -hmm. especially when you're talking in the millions of dollars. So my long-term dream would be to do one of these, pay for it, and get all the right people to show a very proper first model Mm -hmm. and then let other people do it from there. Problem is you're, of course, going to have – authority figures all over the planet going, no, because it, yeah. it of course, challenges their authority. But I, I definitely think we need to be doing things to sh- not try and fix the old paradigms, but start a new one. And, you know, what you bump into there, again, you know, is human nature, you know, that you've got, you know, you, there's a lot of really great works of fiction. Um, <laughs> I, I love the I love the, the book, The Beach, you know, I think Leonardo DiCaprio did a movie on it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that essentially talk about, you know, what happens in these utopian societies when you start to to get the right people in that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, I would only question, it's like, all right, how would we be able to do this that doesn't recreate the same sort of thing that was going on in the 60s and times before? And I would say that, uh, time is different now. So I, I do agree with, with, the, with where you want to go because I'm starting to really look into how to do this sort of thing myself and get the right people together. But I think more than anything, it has to be people who have a very strong spiritual foundation and can weather or that are conscious enough to see when they are sleepwalking and wake up. Totally. That's, that's the biggest thing for me. That's why I actually really – when Bob explained his system to me and I have his book and I've been, I'm almost done reading it now, I was like, this could work. As long as you had people who weren't self-serving, which is the whole point behind it, it's it's all about ethics. You have to have ethical people guiding the society. Mm-hmm. But everyone's invited to take part as long as your skill set would be appropriate to the particular octologue. And yeah. I just think it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. But, of course, the guy was a theoretical physicist, so, of course, he's brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, great guy to be coming up with a, a very practical solution like this. So I think that mated with high spiritual ideals mm-hmm. and we don't have to put labels on anything and this is what I always come back to don't label things because as soon as you start doing that you start alienating people because mm-hmm. there's good people in Christianity there's good people in Islam there's good people in Buddhism and there's good people who are atheists you know it, as soon as you start trying to box things up and put stickers on them you're already alienating people like well that's not what I believe mm-hmm. so you just leave it open hey you believe what you want to believe in your own home that's fine the whole point is we're all good people working towards the same goal. Yeah. The reality, it's got to be an all-inclusive reality no right. matter what. Exactly. Yep. Work with it as it comes because that's the path because anything that you encounter in your life is there for a reason and it's valuable because it's there. You know? um, I think it's interesting that you said Bob Podolsky is a theoretical physicist. I wonder if a lot of the math, the intuitive math that he's working with, you know, because I bump into this in numerology – is, uh, you know, sort of, I think it's called like vector mathematics. Um, I know Nassim, are you familiar with Nassim Haramein's work? Not entirely, but yes. So Nassim Haramein, for your listeners, is uh, is a guy who's out in Hawaii right now. He runs this thing called the Resonance Foundation, uh, Resonance Academy. Um, I'm a delegate, I'm in the delegate training program, so I'm learning essentially uh, all of physics like today that they have and then all of unified physics, which is sort of the, the physics that's in relationship and alignment with the natural harm, harmony of things, you know? Well, he tries to explain the universe through, through uh, sacred geometry and all that, yes. right? Yeah, cool. yeah exactly. that's the part I'm familiar with. Yeah, so the sacred geometry is a hu- is geometry is a huge part of it uh, because that is the intuitive. That it's basically the mathematical expression of mysticism, of understanding the psychedelic perspective, which is 
you know, it all inclusive and, and includes other dimensions and other realities. And, you know, where, where physics is today in the mainstream, it's in a box, like you said. Everyone's operating within a vacuum. And reality is not a vacuum. Reality is way bigger than anybody has any idea of. That's right. Um, and that's why sacred geometry feels and looks so good. And that's why the sacred sites are so gorgeous. And that's why it affects consciousness the way it does, you know. So, again, I was just going back to, you know, since he's a theoretical physicist, I'd l- I'm definitely going to grab his book and check it out because I imagine he's following this intuitive mathematics to find how that can be expressed in these communities and how we can start working again with the natural harmony of things, which, you know, I imagine is expressed in Africa in villages where they have the Ubuntu stuff. You know, I am because we are, you know, it's like the, these, these, these truths have not gone away. They're still out there. We're just going to reinvent them, the Western philosophy, you know? Right. And we kind of have to do it that way because the the Western culture is what's dominating the rest of the planet mm-hmm. for better or worse. So we have to approach it from that aspect. But it's also Western culture is a dual-edged sword. We can use the financial resources if we can get them through Western society to actually start creating these these new systems. And the big thing is we have to make it public, like so public cameras everywhere showing everything we're doing if, if we could actually start getting a community like this to exist the power of the internet i really don't think the creepy old guys in charge realized what was happening decades ago when this started coming about mm. it's a tool that absolutely can do anything information wise mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so if we were doing this and just putting it everywhere and anybody could access any of the information for free anytime they wanted here's mm-hmm. how you do this <laughs> here's the guidebook. Here's the pictures of everything we're doing. Here's video. Here's the coffee shop. Here's whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And hey, guess what? It works. Yeah. You know, it's funny. My little sister, she's 17 years old and she's looking at colleges right now. And I do every opportunity I can to pull her aside and say, don't go to college. Go decide what you want to do with your life. Travel the world. And go travel the world. Yep. <laughs> yep. And go find a way because remember the internet? Remember? <laughs> you know? I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, you don't need to feed into the system anymore. You can build your own. You're living in the most fascinating time to be alive where you can actually express these things right here, right now, or learn how to do it. And if you learn the tools of what it is to survive, once you survive, then you can start to be creative. The sky is the limit. You know, it's like, it's like develop a strong spiritual foundation, understand the players, understand the game, find the others that are on the same wavelength as you, and then get it done. You know, and all the tools are here. We can do it. Is she awake to things? I try to. You know, she's she's a teenager, so she kind of thinks that she knows the way everything is. And, you know, <laughs> people are telling her, you know, she's kind of had it up to here with, you know, getting advice. You know, so at this point, um, I'm at the point where I just want to show her how happy I am and how excited I am to be following my passion and how freeing it is. And I've, I hope I, it's my hope that she will see that. The, I think the world traveling thing would, would absolutely do it because – Traveling opens your eyes in a way like the experiences like no other, mm-hmm. just absolutely like no other. And the best thing for someone at her age, and this goes for really anybody in Western society, if you could just get away from being bombarded by all of the mainstream culture, yeah, I think you're going to grow in a way very quickly too that you yeah. wouldn't any otherwise. It's, it's so healing. It's paradigm shattering. You, you get to just see entirely different ways of being in reality. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Oh, totally. Yeah. 
I just did a trip for a couple of weeks and I came back like my mind was refreshed, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm not a kid. I was like, oh, I needed that. You know, I, I went and saw I drove from Baton Rouge to California and back and I stopped in a bunch of places on the way to meet people and, and just experience some things I always wanted to. And I was like, I want to do this all the time. This is I wish I could travel from city to city and experience all these things and teach, te teach yeah. like the true spirituality of what I understand and help wake people up. Unfortunately, there's no way to support yourself financially doing that really yet. So I haven't figured that part out. But if I could do it from a musical standpoint, that could possibly work. So that's mm -hmm. all the things I'm working on. I'm, I'm doing yeah. it between doing straightforward talk radio, discussing information, and then I have music that I'm trying to express uh, a similar standpoint. Yeah, well, I think I think you're coming into alignment with like the new business model, you know, the purpose, the life's purpose driven business model, because I'm doing the same thing I do. Um, I, I've always been attracted to freedom, just in every sense of the word. And now I've realized that freedom is like a process. It's like freedom, -ing, you know, and in order to be truly free, I don't want to have to answer to anybody. But at the same time, I have to survive. So I've set it up that I can do distance healing, spiritual healing, non-dual Kabbalistic healings over the phone uh, or re distance Reiki, tarot reading, numerology blueprints, all that kind of stuff. I do that on one side. And then the other side, I want to travel around like you and teach, run events and, uh, and do shows. And, all, and that way, no matter what we do, no matter how, you know, whichever one of us becomes that charismatic leader that ends, that has the, the army and the support system to take on um, the, the, the existing system or create something big enough that it get you know, that the eye of Sauron turns on you. you know? Yes. <laughs> you have to be able to be free and get the hell out of Dodge. And then boom, now, okay, great. Now I'm in Guatemala and that new spiritual community come and get me. Now I'm over here. You know, you got to be able to stay mobile because that's, that's like the biggest thing. And that's, so I, I love that you're coming into alignment with that path as well. Same thing I'm doing. Oh yeah. No, I could tell we are totally looking at things the same way, you know, <laughs> I and I, I really do think that the internet is going to be the thing that's like, it's going to be the, the powers that be undoing because mm -hmm. no matter where you're at, as long as it's reasonably technological you can access that and keep that information going you can keep everything current you can keep putting it out and you can keep it expressing yourself in that mm -hmm. positive way that's right they can't stop it unless they literally take you out you know mm -hmm. the problem is you you kind of want to stay under the radar until it's too late and then if you make yourself so public it's obvious if they try and take you out Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of bad things have been going on, like microbiologists have been getting killed and a lot of journalists who have been trying to spill the beans have gotten killed. So, I mean, it's a dangerous game, it, but it is what it is, you know? Yeah, you know, and I again, I, I take the cosmic perspective. So at the same time, I don't want to die, but at the same time, I am totally okay with being on the side of life and trusting that I'm supported as long as I have eyes open, no fear. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like... Whatever will happen will happen, and I'm not going to let that kind of fear uh, stop me from doing my life's purpose in like, you know, the greatest time for the human species. Like that's on the cusp of realization. You know, this, we're on the verge of evolution. Are we going to stay asleep or are we going to wake up and transform? And you know, into this wild thing. Like, there's not a chance in hell that I'm going to let fear of being assassinated or otherwise stop me because I know if I get taken out, well, that energy system is going to move to the next torchbearer and then they're going to do it. And maybe I'll come back from the other side and give them the information anyway. You know what I mean? Right. This thing, this thing cannot be stopped. No, death is not, I mean, it's a, it's a scary prospect 
as a human, you're like, oh, I don't want to die. But we're spiritually aware enough to know that, well, we, we're not, yeah, that body's gone, but we are not gone. We are, yeah. you know, we transcend. So, you know, my logic side says, hey, this could happen. And then the rest of me is like, yeah, it could, but oh, well, you know. Yeah. It's funny, you know, the reason why I said it the way I did there is because, you know, since my brother came back five or six years ago, um, we've we've been co-evolving him on one side doing his work on me and the other. And he comes and he gives me messages and he supports me and everything that I'm doing. And I remember a couple of years ago when I completely changed my life path, like I, I quit all my I was a really successful sales rep, had a lot of money coming in, but I was miserable and dead inside and I didn't have the time to become creative and pursue this other stuff full time. So I knew that I had to let it go. And when I did, I started to build all of these new foundations for myself, just like what you're saying, you know, to be able to be truly free. And in my dream states, you know, he would bring me into places like he'd show me uh, a new development of houses that hadn't been built yet. And then as I started deep inside the rabbit hole, he'd show me like houses starting to be built. And then once we have like a good following, the foundation was in and the wood was up. So it's like, He's, he's creating these environments and other dimensions in order to give me external validation that I'm building the foundation for where I'm supposed to go. And to me, I'm like, this is fascinating. And, you know, it's like the wildest stuff to be able to have support from these other dimensions for people that have passed on that seem to have a mission on that side as well. You know, we seem to have had some sort of an agreement or contract where he was supposed to die I was supposed to hit a point of such great suffering that I couldn't take it anymore. And then that created an opening for him to come in and offer me this new information, completely transform, and then get on the show with you and share it with the world. You know, it's it's beautiful. It really is. You have what a lot of people want. You have like that direct Obi-Wan Kenobi figure. <laughs> yeah. You, you mean you really do? I really wish I could have one of those. You know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to meet someone who's on your level or even knows more than you. It's 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 rare when you get to the point where we're kind of at, and you. I would easily say you're spiritually way ahead of me, because you are having direct communication and you're being guided in in a way. I I go way more off of my intuition, and I can feel you know when I meditate, I can feel that I'm tapping into the the light, whatever. But I don't have direct communication. I get nudged in certain directions sometimes. Uh-huh. I do not have what you have and that's that's awesome man i'm really glad that to, to hear that you've got this amazing figure to help guide you you know well, well dude um you know i i gotta admit if it wasn't for the school that i joined three years ago and i i, I sort of fell under the uh helping hand of some in my opinion world-renowned healers um they've really allowed me in, to to sort of understand what was going on in these other states and other you know realms of consciousness how to make sense of it you know because i i you know i may have still been bumbling around and, and maybe not paying attention to these dreams and things like that you know so my message is if you feel compelled to really you know take life by the horns and dive into this stuff there are in, in no other time in history you know we don't have to go to india or any of that stuff anymore to find these gurus and stuff we've got the internet we've got skype these people are able to teach you and take them on take you under your wing and wake up the 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 true nature of your being and i, I it's it's like I've never felt so much like a superhero in my life. You know what I mean? Like being able to like go into these other realms of consciousness and pull back uh, valuable information to be grounded in the physical dimension and integrated in order to assist humanity's evolution. It's like, what the fuck? You know, it's like, 
<laughs> so if people wanted to do that, because we just threw out a whole lot of really interesting stuff right there. Yeah. Can you give a step-by-step process to somebody who's listening to this going, I want that? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. Um, I'm three years into a school that, you know, the school's website, you can find it at societyofsouls.com. That's the name of the website. But so I can't possibly express what I've been through the last three years um, in terms of the deprogramming and the awakening processes that they've led me through. But what I can say is I found the school from a deep burning desire to become free and help. So I know that that desire, uh, it's sort of like the student, uh, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Right. Uh, I know that that I manifested that and that, you know, in whatever way is possible, I met that and I was conscious enough to recognize, okay, I'm going to pull the trigger and join the school, even though I have no clue what I'm getting myself into. I don't know if it's a cult or, <laughs> you know, but I had this desire to, to, to find out what else there is more. And it was, I think it was that that allowed reality to provide my teacher. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. What exactly do they go through? If, if you can talk about it, what, what do they do? It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a mystery school in every sense of the word. And what I mean by that is, you know, they'll, they'll teach you intellectually this true structure of reality as seen through Kabbalistic mysticism. And that's using the tree of life. And, and at the same time, uh, sort of explaining how light unfolds into the physical dimension from unity consciousness where there is all light. So they sort of give you the structure of the nature of reality while deprogramming yourself from all of the things that you learned to survive through from like the poisoned ground that's passed along through family lineages, you know, different patterns that developed in order for your family to survive through traumas and world wars and, and, and poverty and all that kind of stuff and disease and alcoholism, whatever it is, whatever, whatever has been passed down epigenetically through your family is, you know, every now and then a healer is born in that family to break those cycles heal the generations before them, heal the generations ahead of them. And those are the ones that seem to find the healing path and do what you and I are doing through these things. Because in healing ourselves, it holographically heals all the other levels within your family. And I know this to be true because I just hit this level in my school where I'm working with what we call the poison ground. And um, I'm dealing with a trauma that occurred in my mom's side three generations back during one of the world wars that ended up creating me today and making me the way I am. So now I've had to literally, you know, work with all these healers and feel all it does. It feels like poison running through my blood when I'm working with these energies and you have to sit there and they provide a safe container energetically for you while you just work with it, come into relationship with it, understand why it's there. And then after a little while, it becomes your ally. And now you can walk other people through that same path because as you heal yourself, you heal the world. So they teach you just all these different levels of reality and then how to integrate it into yourself. And then they ask you through the whole process, what kind of healer do you want to be in the world? And this sort of this whole thing just kind of unfolds. It's this process of like remembering what you came here to do and what your mission is. And like to me, that's what I mean by it's like the closest thing to being a superhero because I'm like, that's what it feels like. You know, I'm not, it's, there's no ego there. What I'm, what I'm meaning is like, it's just such a cool process that's available to anybody. And that's why I'm so excited to share it. You know? Well, you're being filled with confidence. It's very obvious to me. You speak confidently because you believe and understand what it is you're talking about. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel supported. You know, that's it. You know, they teach you that uh, that reality actually is so unbelievably supportive, even when you feel like it's not. That's a part of the supportive process. That's how whole reality is. And you just have to get on on that vibe. Yeah, well, you know, it it takes time. Again, you have to deprogram and reprogram. So there's these schools are everywhere. I mean, this is these are the kinds of schools that Pythagoras in like you know 500, 600 BC when he was born, man. He went and traveled to Egypt and he stayed there for 22 years and he studied with the mystics and the magi who were trained from the mystery schools of old and goes all the way back to Atlantis, man. You know, the, the surface of the earth has changed so much over the, the millennia and the rising and falling of consciousness has caused, you know, the human species to remember and forget. But all along throughout this time, there have been these veins of information that are held within the mystery schools that hold this information and they wait for these really amazing times for when that message can be received for these openings. You know, that was message talking about before when there's an opening, all of a sudden, boom, these healers come out and they spread across the world and you've got instant global communication now. And so it's like, yeah, I'm just watching this light wash over everybody and it's just like it's just so cool to be a part of the be a part of the ride right and i do think that we are at a time technologically that if we can survive literally survive as as a species we could unite in a way that just wasn't possible before absolutely and I think that's really what the uh, the bad guys know because look what they're trying to do with with the constant distraction and weakening of humanity and every and everything they can throw at us without being literally blunt about it. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing: poisoning yeah. the water, poisoning the sky, poisoning the food, poisoning the medicines, bombarding you with insane bullshit culture. It's just they're keeping everyone down as much as they possibly can. Yeah. While also forcing you into a society where you have to struggle so hard to survive, you really can't do much else. I, I couldn't agree more, man. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of darkness and there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of poison out there, you know. And, you know, that's why I really appreciate my co-host, David, for the work that he does, because we always joke around because he's he is such a bright light and such a spiritual guy. He's got flower of life's and the Sri Yantra and all these geometries and crystals around his house. And all he does all day long is dig into, you know, 9-11, Boston bombing, you know, <laughs> like Sandy Hook hoaxes, vaccines, all of this dark, dark shit. And he's able to still function, pr- communicate these ideas and stay happy for the most part. And, I, you know, I envy that because there's so much there's so much evil out there that it, it, you know it really can bog you down but like you said you know once you know about it great then disconnect you know right well and that also is a testament to him that he's got a very good heart and soul mm-hmm. he's not letting he, he can analyze these dark things to help wake others up without it uh poisoning him yeah for sure and that's what i took away from our conversation too he really knew his stuff but he he certainly wasn't a dark person or anything like that you know yeah, I agree. That's why I mean, he's a special guy. I trust in his path wherever it goes. And we do need people like that because the vast majority of people still aren't getting it. They're still just kind of going along to get along, you know? Mm-hmm. So you kind of need people like, like David or um, I know Alex Jones is the one that gets brought up a lot because he's got that whole hit you over the head with information mentality. And I don't agree with everything he says and does, but he does get people at least thinking about the stuff more than pretty mm-hmm. much anyone else on a large scale. 
Yeah. And I'll speak from experience. You know, I listened to when I first woke up, you know, I listened to Alex all the time and I checked all the documents that he was sifting through and that he really supported my awakening, you know, and, but then I got to a certain point where I said, um, I don't necessarily need this vibe anymore. I get it. You know? Well, I, I'm under the impression, especially since I know somebody who knows him personally, that it kind of gets to him and that's why he blows up a lot. Mm. I don't know that personally, but it, that's what it seems like. He, he's bombarding himself with all this negativity so much and he, he wants to get out there so much that he explodes. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I've seen him break down on the air a bunch of times. <laughs> right. Well, a lot of people accuse him of faking it and who yeah. knows? Um, either way, even if he's – I mean even if he's lying or uh, – well, if he's faking his – attitudes on camera on radio the the fact is he's still putting more than enough good information out there that it's getting to people yeah and that's and good know, enough for me yeah. that's yeah. you know i judge a tree by its fruits i've always liked that statement and i think it, it, it's true you may not like the way the messenger is delivering it but he's still doing the right thing yeah and I then agree. people will hear that and then if if they really get it they will grow they don't necessarily need somebody screaming at the news at them every day they're going to go to the next level and that's pretty much what happened with me. I always had an understanding that things were wrong, and I found Alex years ago, and I still listen to him if I need, if I want news or something like that. But then I started studying the symbolism and, and understanding the different aspects of the spirituality, and it was just like one thing open to the next, to the next, to the next, to the point where I'm at now, where I, I kind of have an idea of the way a lot of things work, and, and I completely embrace going to the next level now because I know there's a next level. Mm -hmm. I hear you. Well, Tim, we had an absolutely fascinating discussion with an incredible amount of good information. Why don't we get all your information where people can find you out there? Awesome. So, yeah, uh, I had such a good time, too. I hope we can do it again. You um, got the that. Best, yeah. So the best place to reach me um, is actually going to be at my website now. I'm trying to make that like the hub for everything. And, you know, it's still under construction because my vision for it is to become, like again, like I said, a hub for healers around the world to kind of bring all these different kind of paradigms together for people to take a look at where we are as humanity and where we're going. And at the same time, for my local area, uh, for the team that I'm building of healers, you know, I'd like to, to be, you know, like a little network where people can catch podcasts and the shows that we're doing, explore that kind of stuff. So, you know, again, long way around, the website is thethirdthing.net. The third, third is spelled out, uh, T-H-I-R-D thing.net or the third thing network.com. Both of you get to the same place. And then I'll also say check out Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole podcast. That's out of the Stand Up New York Comedy Club or Stand Up New York Labs Network. And uh, my show coming out on the 19th of October on talknetwork.com. That's going to be the cosmic perspective. And uh, Jason, I'd love to get you on that as a, uh, you know, just to create more synergy, you know? You got it. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. I really appreciate the time and we'll definitely be talking soon. Sounds good. Another amazing show, folks. I absolutely love talking to Tim. What an incredibly enlightening individual. If you want to contact the show, there is an email. It is secretsofsaturn at gmail.com. And all of the shows can be found at the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash secretsofsaturn. We'll see you soon.